intro. BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services. Here we discuss all things fitness, running, rucking, endurance, obstacle course racing, and more. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody out there in BeastNet land, you got Brother Boggs here checking in today. I'm talking with Andrew, the Beastmaster Hooper, also known as Drew Hooper. How you doing out there, Drew? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me today. That's awesome. Excited. You sound good and excited. You know, everything I ever see about you, everything you post on Facebook, everything in your life just seems to be positive. How do you I do work that? really hard at that. <laughs> it's definitely not something that that uh, you that happens without effort, right? And I think uh, you know, when I think about all the things that I see out there, and I, I have this this sense when I see people just in general that there's this expectation that you should just feel like that there should be some magic uh, pill or something that just makes you feel good or makes you feel positive. And the reality is that it just doesn't work that way. Like it takes effort. It takes work. <laughs> you have to actually try to have that, those feelings because it's easy to be negative. It takes work to stay positive. Yeah, it does. It's a choice. Uh, guest that I recently had on the show, she's, uh, she's wheelchair bound and, and had a very tragic thing that put her there. And she was telling me a story about the other day when she was out shopping and, uh, and her and her daughter spent every opportunity they got looking people in the eye and just smiling at them. And she actually had someone chase her down in the parking lot to, to thank her because nobody in that shopping market was smiling that day. And that made that other lady's day. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's amazing. You know, the thing I think people forget about, and I, and I run into this conversation pretty frequently with people along the lines of, you know, whether it's positivity or just even, you know, staying focused is, is that all of it is a choice. And it's amazing how often people fall into this trap of believing that it's not a choice and that they feel bad just because they feel bad and they don't have any control over it or that, you know, things are not working out in their favor over and over and over again. And that it's something they have no control over. And I just cannot buy into that story because I feel like my life is, is demonstration that that's just not true. You know, you get to choose. It's a choice, just like you said, just like your prior guest said. All of it is a choice. And the, but, it's, but it's tough. You know, it's, it's oftentimes easy to stay negative because there's an awful lot of support to stay that way, where sometimes it can be challenging to be positive because I mean, shoot, how often <laughs> I think about how often, you know, people will say, oh, that person is so positive, makes me sick. How often do you hear that that person is so miserable, it makes me sick, right? You just don't. Yeah, no, you don't. Uh, it's that jealous bug, I guess, that people choose to, to have. They're jealous of your positivity and they're allowing it to, to negatively affect them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, the thing that I've been noticing lately, you know, social media, unfortunately, has just become just a whirlwind of negativity. And uh, personally, you know, I like following, you know, yourself and your public page and, and begin to thrive because everything that comes out of there is, is just positive. It's just one oh, thing you. after another. You know, last weekend, you and your son went out for a, for a ride and you posted about it. And I was out walking and I'm like, you know what? That's exactly what I needed right now because... Here I am just finishing up my two weeks of quarantine and I want to get out in the world. And, and here's this guy, you know, with just some real positive, uh, 
positive influence on the world. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. Cause my so my family and I, uh, I guess it would have been a week about a week ago Thursday. I got off out of the office a little bit early, and it was kind of you know the kids were now out of school because of all this, and and um, you know just kind of this idea of making sure to stay within six feet of other people and all this stuff going on. And it, just like you, I mean, I'm seeing people freaking out on social media and everywhere else, the news, you name it. And so my wife and I decided that what would be cool is to just get the kids out on a bike ride. And so as a family, we did a bike ride. And the idea was that we were just like, oh, let's see how far we can ride. And, and ultimately, we ended up doing 10 miles. And this was with my little guy, and he's, he's nine, and my oldest, my wife. And so we did this. this and I'm like, oh, man we're so close. We could do it. And I did it as a joke. I'm like, we could do a COVID-19 challenge and just do 19 miles. And you know, everybody kind of chuckles a little bit. And then my oldest son though, he's like, dad, when we get home, we should just do another nine. But it was kind of getting late and we had to do dinner and everything. And then the next day, and I even commented, I, did, I took a picture of us all with our bikes and I, and I posted, oh, we almost did the COVID-19 challenge. And it's funny because I was waiting for somebody to say, oh, there's you can't joke about that. And, and it didn't actually happen, but I, I was kind of expecting it. And then the next day, my oldest son, his name is David. David says, you know, dad, let's do the COVID-19 challenge today. And I'm like, uh, we couldn't just couldn't do it. I got home too late and just wasn't going to work. And so sat, he goes, well, what about tomorrow? Can we do it tomorrow? And so uh, I told him that we absolutely could. And so what we did is we live in Grays Harbor County. We live in a little town called McClary very small town. And next to us is a town called Elma. And so I just kind of mapped out a destination. There's this really nice local restaurant that has a, a little drive-through area. And I wanted to support their business. And so I thought, well, we could make that our middle point to have lunch at this little cafe um, and eat outside on the sidewalk. The weather is nice. And then, you know, we could just ride back. And so we, we got the, all the bikes, threw them on the car, drove him to the Elma Elementary School and hopped on our bikes. And I let my son lead as the, the pace setter. And basically, we just rode from Elma to Montesano to this little cafe called Savory Fair, had some lunch, and then took the bikes back. And we knocked out 19 miles, like right on the nose. And you know we did a post along the way. I think that's the one that you caught. I think we're at like mile six. And we did a post along the way. We did another one when we were uh, at the, the cafe. And then we came back, I did a final one. And that's why I'm like, you know what, I challenge everybody to this COVID-19 challenge, I just kind of made up on the spot with the idea that, that maybe not everybody can do 19 miles on a bike. But gosh, they could do 19 minutes of meditation, they could do I saw somebody else comment, I did 19 minutes of gardening, or you, know, you could do 1900 steps even just if you're not super mobile, you could do 19,000 steps in a day, or you could do 19 minutes of, of reading a book, or you could have 19 minutes of playing a game with some kids, or you could do 190 reps of something. Like the other day, I did push-ups, squats, and sit-ups. And when I was done with the sets, it was 190 reps, right? And so you can do so much, but the focus is with the idea of this kind of COVID-19 challenge is to just take an opportunity with this, this, you know, I guess everyone's calling it a pandemic, but you know, whatever you want to call it, take this opportunity 
and make something of it to focus on your mental well-being and your physical health. And that's kind of where it came from. And that's what I'm trying to encourage people to do is to just take a moment, use this as an opportunity to refocus yourself and to really focus on mental well-being and physical health. Because now all this stuff that everybody says I didn't, I didn't have time for, guess what? You got time for it now. So all the time somebody says, I don't have time to work out every day. You do now. All the time, I don't have time to cook. You do now. <laughs> so now is the time to take advantage of it. Uh, and right now, with everything in the world being so negative, taking some time to work on you is probably the best thing out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And turn off the damn TV. You know, even like myself with social media, I'm very much engaged in social media. But to be totally fair, I post to social media. I don't spend time reading everybody else's social media because it's just not, it doesn't feed me with what I need. I, if, I, if I did, if I spent all my time on social media scrolling through and reading all the hysteria, you know, it's not going to feed me in any way that gets me what I ultimately want and desire. And that's the thing I think people should take a little bit of time thinking about is that with something like this, with this you know, coronavirus, COVID-19, there's a reality that what most people I think are afraid of is I actually don't know that people are necessarily afraid of the virus itself. I think what people are afraid of is simply all of the unknowns around it. You know, there's not a vaccine for it. So people wonder, well, gosh, if I got it, am I going to be one of those ones who barely shows any symptoms? Or am I going to be one who ends up in a hospital and could I die and all this stuff? But you know, I think it's really just the unknown around it that people are afraid of. I don't actually think it's the virus itself. Because I think if, if, if people felt like there was something known around it, if they felt like um, there was treatment, or if they felt like there was vaccine or anything like that, I don't think you'd find the same response as what you see now. And the disease itself, while it's created a lot of challenges, there's an awful lot of people that actually come out of it quite you know, healthy and they don't get super, super sick and they don't die. There's an awful lot of people that, that you know, do quite well coming out of it. And so I, just, I don't believe it's the, the illness itself that people are, are um, panicked about. I think it's more just a lot of the unknowns around it. And so to focus in on media and social media and everything else that just continues to, to focus on all of the unknowns there is nothing good that comes from that because all of that is uncontrollable. And we can sit and we can focus on uncontrollable things that you can do nothing about, or instead we can take advantage of the opportunity to focus on the things that you can control, which there's a ton. And if you focus on your controllables, what I found is that you spend less time in fear, you spend less time with anxiety, you spend less time with feeling shame or guilt for doing something wrong or anything like that. Because when you're present, when you focus on controllables, it helps you to remain present. And if you're present, you cannot have fear and anxiety because those come from thinking about the future. When you're in the present, you can't feel fear and anxiety. You feel that when you're spending time thinking about a future that may never happen. So remain present. And if you think about the past and bad decisions you made before, did I you know, get everybody sick by going to the grocery store? Well, I don't know. But the reality is if you spend time sitting back thinking about that, you're going to have shame and you might have guilt, which are also unnecessary. Just stay present. 
And the real key is, in my mind, is to try to be as present as possible. Because when you are, you can't have shame or guilt. You can't have fear and anxiety. Yeah, I, I like that be present. You know, I've, I've read books and stuff where they talk about be in the moment, live in the moment, that kind of stuff. The thing, one thing that really gets me right now is the term social distancing. <laughs> and and I, I almost think they're using that on purpose as a, a fear tactic. Because reality of it is, we're not social distancing, we're physically distancing. We right. still can social media, you know, we can Zoom to meeting, we can yell over the fence at our neighbor and say hi. We just can't be physically next to them. So it's, the whole concept is just lost on me. Because social distancing would mean getting off of Facebook, getting off of the internet, and going out camping. Camping is social distancing to me. Sure, sure. Not not shaking hands that's not social distancing that's that's physically distancing yeah yeah and it's and some of it's kind of a bummer too because like i know just you know so my spring break for a lot of you know kids would be coming up here like maybe next week or the next couple of weeks and for my family we had plans to go to southern oregon to stay at valley of the rogue state park and just kind of adventure in southern oregon along the river and some of the mountains and stuff and it was disappointing because, and I see this now in Washington too, that state parks have closed. And I think about, man, you know, the, when I think about any campground I've been to, even if it's, even if it's one with like the public bathroom setting and it's, and it's not a really primitive, you know, park, but it's really more, um, more like ADA compliant and all that stuff. I just think about all the different campgrounds I've been to and how little interaction I have with everybody else around me, right? Most of the time, if you're going to a state park, it's not because you want to be a socialite, right? It's because you want to get away and you want to be with nature and maybe spend time with your, you know, significant other or friends or kids or anything like that. But it's not to be in a social congregation, right? And so yeah. it's disappointing to me that they're closing down all the parks. Because I think that one of the best ways, just from, from a mental health perspective, as well as physical health, but more importantly, I think is mental health, is that when you're in a quarantine type environment, it really, the key is, again, that quote unquote social distancing is to just not be engaging closely with a lot of people, right? And one of the best things that you can do for mental health is to just get outside, right? Get outside and go and explore and spend time connecting with nature probably one of the healthiest things we could do. And so it was disappointing to see that, you know, parks are shutting down. Cause I, I believe that people could still, um, you know, focus on social distancing while being at a state park. So that was too bad. Cause I think that's a really healthy thing for people to be able to get out and do and be physical and, and just, uh, you know, use this opportunity to connect with mother nature and prevent some cabin fever. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately a lot of people made bad decisions last weekend and, uh, I'm sure you may have seen pictures or, you know, since you live down in Grays Harbor, you probably heard more firsthand about the craziness that was going on down in Westport and Long Beach, where it just yep. seemed that every single person in the <laughs> state decided they were going to go to the beach together. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that's, that's why they had to shut them down is because like a bunch of children were told not to go there. That's where they go. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think, you know, some of the, the aspects, whether it's the, you know, the COVID-19 challenge or something else become even more important is that, you know, okay, so if now you're truly, you know, isolated, 
to your residence or just your know, nearby vicinity and you can't go to state parks, you can't go to, I don't know, the mall or you know, any of these things that maybe you're used to, how is it that we maintain a healthy mindset and a healthy body? Because the one thing I think about is, uh, uh, what is, what's that movie with The Shining, right? Jack Nicholson, right? Where he's out in the, in the like old hotel. Yeah, where they go to the Overlook Hotel and uh, the isolation drives them mad. Yes, yes. And you know what? Even when, even if you're not isolated completely by yourself, but like there where he's got your know, wife and, and kiddo and whatnot, there's just a reality that our minds, our minds are designed to create. And whether or not you believe in creationism or not, doesn't matter. Our brains are cr- truly like, we create. That's what human beings do. We create more than any, any other animal in this world. We create. We create buildings. We create ideas and concepts and strategies and all kinds of things. And what happens if we do not give our mind a focal point for that creation, it will always create out of negativity and fear. Almost always. And that's what you see in like a movie like Shining and when you have cabin fever, is that without a focal point for that creation, it starts to go within and in a very negative way. And so when we're in a space like we are now, even with our families, and I know my wife today was talking about how my oldest son was trying to do homework and the grandparents live with us because they need some some help. They're getting on in, in years and they need some assistance. And you know, grandma is kind of shooting him with a Nerf gun, trying to be playful. Well, my oldest son is trying to do homework and he's kind of starting to lose it. He gets, and he yells at grandma and she's like, you guys just don't understand me. And, you know, so you end up in this, in this mess. And as time goes on and we have more and more time in kind of isolation together, you start to have this, you know, this tension that can build. And so finding ways to focus your energy, finding ways, whether it's through meditation or just physical activity at home or in the nearby vicinity becomes really important. And you got to figure out ways to create for yourself so that you're not creating in a negative way, which is where kind of like the default mode of our mind is to go down a path of negativity and creation. And so we got to focus that and, and find ways to bring focus to that creation every day. And so that, that's part of that COVID-19 challenge too, is to just really figure out what's something that I can do. And that's why it's not limited to, oh, you've got to go do a 19-mile bike ride. No, just something with the number one and nine in it. I don't really care. Get creative. The purpose of it is to get creative and focus on finding something that you can do to enhance your personal experience during this challenging time in mental well-being and physical health. That That is just awesome because that's... I manage give or take 140 people um, directly and indirectly, and and I see it so often with with them where they they just start buying into the fear, buying into social media, and just taking them outside and and having that talk about focusing their energy on the the things they can control. How much that just changes their outlook? Oh, it's huge. It's really significant, and and I think that you know without some some guidance or something to maybe shoot for um, people on their own. I just don't find that they oftentimes will make those decisions to kind of do those types of things on their own. They need a little, little bit of motivation. I think part of it is just because our society is built in such a way that everybody is so busy, they don't get time like this, right? Like, I mean, I was even talking about 
in one of my posts, um, I don't know, kind of at the beginning of all of this, that, you know, when was the last time that, that parents, for example, had an opportunity where they had a week, even just a weekend where the kids weren't involved in youth sports or some other youth activity from Girl Scouts to Boy Scouts to soccer to football to you name it, and where everybody actually had an opportunity to simply be together. And our society just isn't built around that anymore. And so, you know, people just don't know what to do. <laughs> like the other day, I saw somebody post and they're like, it's been three days with my kids. I'm running out of ideas of what to do. We've baked and we've done this and we've done that. What do we do? And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, how about you just don't do anything? Like let them create, let them use their imagination, let them play on their own, right? Like you don't, you don't have to do something every single moment of the day, but our society has kind of been built on this premise that, if, that you have to do something. And I just, and I think that it's really neat to have this opportunity to reimagine what it is to be a family unit. Yeah, people as a whole, you know, the family units. I mean, the timing of this was great. Um, right when Girl Scout cookies were coming into full swing, and <laughs> you, you were expecting to go to every single store and see all these mothers playing. A lot of them playing on their phones, ignoring their daughters, kind of hating the fact that they're having to sit there and sell cookies. Well. Now they don't have to sell cookies. They have to actually spend time with their families. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, and it's, it's interesting too, because, you know, a lot of times I think we find ourselves in a position of, of asking for, you know, uh, for example, I, I, I wish that my family were more connected. I wish we had more time together. I wish I was, I wish I was successful. I wish I had the opportunity to get fit. I wish I could eat better. And we, we have all these kind of, of wishes in a sense. And the thing is, is that we are, we're, none of that stuff is ever going to be given to us. However, we'll always be given the opportunity to create it. And so what this has done is all these things that people have always asked for, time to work out, time to learn to cook, time to learn a new skill, a new hobby, time with my family. Guess what? The world just got it. But now they don't know what to do with it. Now that they got what they asked for, they don't know what to do. Yeah, it's amazing. You could have made a list five months ago of all the things that you want to do and you don't have time for. And now all of a sudden you have that time and nobody wants to do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or, they, or they're, they're so like just mentally locked up that they don't even know how to execute. Right. They get stuck on, on the, the how to do something instead of just thinking about, well, what do I want to do and why do I want to do it? And just recognizing that if you have like an end in mind of what you desire, the how will all work itself out, you know, but you've got to have that, that desire of, of here's what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. And then just go after it. Even if it's just you know, connecting with your family, it just go after it and create. Exactly. There was a guy in France, I saw a post, he is training for a marathon. And right now the country's under lockdown. And instead of sitting there kicking himself saying, I can't go train, he went out on his balcony and ran 26.2 miles back and forth on his balcony. Yeah. Where there's amazing. a will, there's a way. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and you know, and I think about there's, so there was this movie, a friend of mine um, invited my wife and I over a few, I don't know, a little while ago to come watch a movie. And and I'd never seen it before. It was this movie called Revolver. And um, there was this this statement, and, and I'm, you know, I'm going to screw it up, so I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. But it says, when your opponent becomes more sophisticated, 
basically you've got to grow to meet them and to meet that challenge, right? And so when we think about something like this, whatever the opponent is, I mean, it could be a virus, for example. Well, guess what? It got so sophisticated, it shut down our entire like system. And so you as a person now have to grow and become more sophisticated. You've got to grow to meet that challenge. And if you don't, and guess what? You're going to struggle throughout all this. But one of the things I think is the greatest is the opportunity that you know, entrepreneurs are going to have now because we're going to see businesses come out of this that didn't exist before. And we're going to see people who maybe have, have never really succeeded as a business. They were just, just hustling and struggling. And we're going to see them all of a sudden thrive to meet this new opportunity that presents itself because they've been ready to grow and to meet a more sophisticated opponent, which in this case is economy, is virus, whatever. And, and I think it's just, it's something that we just got to think about is that as we run into challenges like this, guess what? All these enemies in our life, as they become more sophisticated, we got to grow too. And so use this as an opportunity to become better and a bigger version of yourself. Yeah, that in Spartan and in the other things that, that you, know, you and I both do, that's one of the things that we talk about is, uh, you know, finding a new way to overcome that, uh, that obstacle. And throughout this whole COVID-19, I've been trying to view all of the things coming at me as obstacles. You know, whether, yeah. it's, whether it's a store that has to get shut down and cleaned and quarantined the, the team, or whether it's myself getting quarantined for two weeks, or um, going grocery shopping, finding toilet paper, whatever it happens to be. You know, those are just obstacles and how you approach that obstacle is, is going to, it's going to dictate what your results are. It's all about approaching it the right way. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, life is going to go on whether or not we're ready, right? It's just going to keep going. So people just kind of got to get creative and live life to its fullest given this new environment. You got to just hop on it and go. Yeah, exactly. You can you can sit around and talk about how bad it is, or you can get out there and and do something. And and I think with just the how simple your COVID nineteen challenge is, it, it doesn't yeah. get any simpler. Do something for something that has the numbers one and nine in it. You yeah. Know, stand stand on one foot for nine minutes. Yeah. Do one hundred and ninety reps of something. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. For me, that first day, it was just going and. And, you know, I went for a 19 mile or 19 mile, 19 minute mixed uh, run walk session Yeah, and, yep. and just get out. Yeah. And get creative because again, you know, it can be just like the other person, 19 minutes of gardening. I mean, it can literally be anything, do something. You know, I had somebody else commented and, and it was something along the lines, they do photography and they're like, my objective is to get 19 perfect photos, ones that they felt like, because they're going to take a ton of photos, but they wanted to get 19 that they felt were truly presentable, right? And that they could do something with. And, you know, so I mean, it can be anything. It could be, you know, even just 19 cupcakes that you bake. I, mean, I don't really care. 19 is something. Just use it as an opportunity to make sure that every single day during this challenge, while this is going on, just every day, do something to focus on your well-being, focus on your health, and help you to just focus on becoming something more than you were yesterday. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because going through all this, um, the story, you know, people make jokes about uh, Thomas Edison. You know, how many times did he fail before he figured out the light bulb? Yeah. 
and, yeah. and he could have you know failed once kicked rocks and walked away but instead it took him i don't remember the number but it's like over a thousand tries of different filaments before he finally got it right yeah so how many times did he make the light bulb he made it once he failed a whole bunch of other times but he made it once yeah and that's the one that everyone remembers yep and President Lincoln is, is used a lot for things like that, too. That guy failed so many times in politics and in life, but he just never stopped getting back up. You know, never, never stopped getting back up. The guy is just relentless and he's very disciplined and same with, you know, Edison. And, and that, you know, that's something, too, that I think um, we have a tendency to struggle with. I think somewhere along the line, the idea of discipline became a negative. That if you're that it's a na- that it's difficult to be self-disciplined and that it's challenging to be self-disciplined and so this term discipline almost like got turned into this negative now. I don't really think when most people think of discipline, I don't think that they they think of of good thoughts and and wear a smile as they think about discipline. But the reality is, discipline is what ultimately gives us the ability to do all the things that we want. You know, financial discipline. To set money aside, to not go and spend every penny you've got is what ultimately then gives you the freedom to do the things that you desire to do from vacations to retirement to you name it. But at the same time, with obstacle course racing world, it's the discipline of showing up and doing something physical every day to paying attention to what it is you're putting into your body that ultimately allow you to compete on that course in a way that you couldn't have before. You know, but it's the discipline that gives us all of those things. And so I've come to this just this space of recognizing that discipline is not a negative. And in fact, it's discipline that gives me everything that I want. And if people could just kind of see that too and, and recognize that this now is also a great time to show discipline. Show discipline because, you know, people will stress in stress, will stress eat. They won't work out. They'll stay up late. They'll get up, you know, they'll get up late. They get thrown off of their, their normal like system of, of operating every day. And if we can just try to remain disciplined during a time like this too, I think that you'll find that there's an awful lot that you can accomplish and grow from and that that discipline will help you to get all the things that you want as time goes on. It's funny that, you know, discipline as a positive, because discipline is a positive, you know, sticking to something and, and following it through and doing it the same or doing it better every time is, is truly a positive. And, and listening to you talk there reminded me uh, just a little while back, I was sitting down listening to a seminar from uh, J.P. Donnell, mm-hmm. uh, one, of the, one of the SEALs that, uh, that's now retired and, and works with Jocko Wilnick and Leif Babin over at Echelon Front. Yeah, and and he talked a lot about how you know discipline equals freedom. You know, that's one of their their yes. mottos in the seals. Yep, and, and the reality of it is, it's freedom from whatever: freedom from debt, freedom from hate, freedom from self uh, self destruction. You know, whatever you need to be free of, you can do that through discipline. Yeah, and I mean, I just think about when was the last time that you ate an extreme, like in an extremely healthy way in a day, and went to bed going, God damn it, I'm worthless, <laughs> you know? But how often have you just completely failed on trying to do anything remotely healthy for yourself? And like the whole day, you're beating yourself up about it. Like, oh man, this is horrible. I ate such a terrible breakfast. Well, now I guess it doesn't matter what I eat for lunch. It's terrible. I already ruined my day, you know? And the, there's no way to even think that way with discipline. 
you know, or to have the discipline to just work out a little bit every day, even if it's just like 10 minutes. I can't think of one time where a person would do anything in a disciplined way and then come back feeling miserable as a result of it. You just can't, you know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. But so often people fall for this temptation of indulgence when the reality is it's discipline that they really want. You know, they want the outcome that can only come from discipline, and yet they continually fall for the temptation of indulgence. And so if we just get people to kind of see that, and, and I'm guilty of it too. There's plenty of times where I fall victim to that, but the key is to just recognize it and know, okay, well, well, this moment didn't ruin my day, and this day didn't ruin my week, and this week didn't ruin my month, but that every minute that goes by, I get to have a new opportunity to make a choice around discipline. Yep, and you know, it's funny because I, I know you've heard the story because you've been on the show three or four times with, uh, with Pretty Mike, and, and you've probably heard the story of his ups and downs where you know, he was yep. down to under 200 pounds and he was running, running uh, 25 minute 5Ks and just kicking ass and taking names. And then he broke his foot and he sat on the couch and ate potato chips for 100 pounds. Yeah. And then he got back out and tried to get back at it again. And hurt his shoulder so he sat on the the couch and ate potato chips um right now on on just about a daily basis um him and i are talking we're discussing what he's doing you know what his exercise of the day is you know we're we're focusing on holding him accountable to himself so that his discipline he's down 20 pounds and and when all of this happened you know COVID 19 shut down all the gyms and he was just finally going to the gym three to four times a week and they shut down the gym. And and in the past, it would be sit down and eat potato chips. Yeah. But this time, it's, okay, let's build the home gym. We still got the walls outside. You can still walk. You know, you can still run. Hey, look, now you got a, a bike. You got a elliptical. You know, just not accepting that the world is shutting down as being his excuse. His excuse doesn't exist. It's discipline. It's get out there and just keep going. Yeah. No, you know, it's interesting too, because I think about how often we get this uh, almost like intuition or where something inside says, you know, gosh, I should really set up a, an in-home gym and how often we ignore that little voice. And, and it's funny because I, you know, I, so I work with a, a, a personal trainer uh, twice a week, but he got hit with just a whole bunch of illness back in November and like all the way through January, the guy was just <laughs> like, he just could not get better. So we'd have a day on and then I'd be ready to go the next time. And he'd last minute go, dude, I'm just so sick. I can't make it. And I mean, and he just got hit with this string and this bout of illness. Well, during that time I was getting frustrated because I'm like, well, damn it, I'm supposed to be working out with this guy right now. And now I don't have anything to do. And so and so I wouldn't work out. I just kind of be like, oh, this is stupid guy. This is, and I, and it's almost like I, I put all of my potential physical fitness success on his shoulders. And so because he couldn't be there. Now, what's funny is that I had my calendar blocked out, right? Like my family knew, I knew I didn't have anything doing at the, going at the office. Like my calendar was blocked for that. But did do you think I actually took advantage of that and did anything physical during that time? No, you sat down and ate potato chips. Or... <laughs> right. I was like, I was just like triggered. I'm like, God, you know, he's unreliable. And I and I start coming up with the, all this blame and 
and you know, I start blaming like, oh, it's because of him that I can't do this. Well, well, one day I just got hit with this. You know, I just, it's almost like, you know, we have that little voice inside of our head. And, and one day I, when this was going on, I was kind of journaling because I was frustrated. And, and it was like, well, you have a punching bag. You've got the brute force sandbags. You've got, you know, all this stuff. Because, you know, when I, when I was running beasts, we had, had all kinds of, we started doing the workouts under, under my time. And so we had all sorts of stuff that I still have. And, you know, so what's funny is I have all this, but the challenge was that I hadn't actually created an environment that made it easy to work out because you had to run and find all that stuff and bring it out. And then you did whatever you're going to do. And then you had to go put it all back. And that's just not conducive to, you know, supporting that type of, of behavior because the, it's almost so much of a pain to put it all together that even if you want the outcome of the workout, you're just not going to do it. And so the voice of me said, well, you've got the garage. Like, why not just clear off this space? that's like, I don't know, six by four and set up all your stuff. And so I'm like, well, okay, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'm just going to do that. And so I set up the punching bag and I set up the few free weights that we have. And I set up the TRX. I got a little anchor to put in and, and set up the TRX system that I have. And next thing you know, that next training day, he cancels because he's sick. But this time I had the environment. And so I went out and I worked out and I did a solid workout, burned a ton of calories and felt awesome. And, and ever since then, whenever, you know, something has come up, I started doing, using that space. But at the same time, because that space is so available, I've actually added to the amount of workouts that I do in a week because the space is there and it's ready and it's, and I don't have to do anything to prep it. And, and so my amount of working out has increased so much just by having that space. You know, but all of that though, what I think about is that now we hit this time with everybody, all the gyms closed. And even like my time with my personal trainer is all canceled. Well, shoot, if I hadn't listened to the little voice inside and set that up, I'd have all sorts of stories to tell around why I can't get fit. But, you know, instead, because I listened and set that up, man, we've been working out like crazy out there. My wife and I have been lifting together and you know, we've just been doing all sorts of stuff. And so what I, one of the things I think about, and kind of the point to this is that, you know, so often we have that little voice in our head that tells us what to do and we ignore it over and over and over again. We go, ah, next time. Oh, maybe next time. Oh, and, and we just don't do it. But I think about if I hadn't listened to that little voice, I would have had probably just as many stories as anybody else as to why it is that I can't work out right now. And so the other piece of all of this is, that, you know, listen to that intuition inside, you know, there's that little voice that all the time is giving you suggestions around what you should or shouldn't do. And I'll tell you what, the more that you listen to that, I think you're going to find the more that it has your best interests in mind, but we've just kind of been conditioned to ignore it. And, and we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't because here I am now. And I feel like it was almost divine intervention that, you know, that I had this voice telling me to get this stuff set up because here we are now. And I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Now you have no gym, but uh, you have the home gym. And instead yeah. of working out with that personal trainer, now you got the opportunity to work out with your wife. Absolutely. And create connection. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, but again, if we hadn't listened to that, where would we be? You know, so I just encourage everybody to, to think about, you know, discipline, to think about creation, just creating and focusing on the present. And, you know, doing that 19 of something or something with one and nine in it. And, you know, I had one guy who he, he skipped rocks, 
19 times. He took his son, they went to the creek, and they skipped rocks. And that was the deal. They were going to skip rocks 19 times. You know? So there it's creating not only kind of this peaceful mental space of, of just that action of being outside next to a river, discovering rocks and throwing them, but now he's got connection with his son. And you know, who knows? This kid might remember that forever. You know, so just taking that opportunity, listen to that little voice and do something to create for yourself and focus on mental well-being and health. I can't stress that enough. And again, that's that's why I, I had to get you on the show is just listening to you makes me want to get out there and get after it. And I really hope that that's what uh, the listeners are getting out of this, too. Oh, me, too. Me, too. I can't. I just I wish that there is a a way to download passion into people. <laughs> just download it and say, you know, help to, to rewire the mind, to, to just feel the, the fire and the passion for it that I have. I just, I just wish that there was a way to make that happen, you know, because it's, you know, I don't know. I think about, you know, like what we were talking about with, with everything so negative out there, what I think people forget is that you know, they have, we, we all have control to the entrances of our mind. And if all we do is hold tightly to negative feelings, like think about it this way. If, if you are this li- a little version of yourself inside of your brain, and there's two doors that you're holding on to those doors, keeping out all the negativity. But if instead you let go of those doors and you just hold on to negative feelings, What's going to happen is you have to let go of, of the grasp on the doorway to enter your mind. And all of a sudden, you're going to be overrun with more negativity. And so if you hold on to negativity inside, all it does is, is allow more negativity to come in. So we got to find ways to release whatever negative feelings you have, whether it's about COVID and, and coronavirus, or whether it's about a spouse, or whether it's about work, or whether it's about economy, whatever it is, got to let it go. Because the only way to protect your mind is to let go so you can free your hands to shut those doors. Because negativity is lying and waiting all the time, waiting for you to just crack that door open a little bit. And like a mist, it'll just seep inside and it'll take over your mind. So you got to let go so you can hold those doors shut and focus on you, be present, focus on your family, your health, your well-being. Man, you'll never regret that. That'll always do good things for you. You know, I'm going to steal from Bob Farrell on, uh, on one thing that I guess I'd like to kind of throw out there to challenge people. You know, during the COVID-19 challenge, I want you guys, all the listeners out there, to look at somebody, whether or not you know them, smile at them, and then in your head, think, I like you. Just, I like you. You're a good person. I like you. Just mentally do that and see what happens to everyone around you and see how much more positive your day gets just by doing that one little thing. Do that 19 times. Just try it once for me. Absolutely. So, um, Matt, I'd, I'd ask you for some closing thoughts, but uh, the whole thing has just been a, a stream of great thoughts. Um, did you want to talk for a second uh, about Breakthrough to, breakthrough to Thrive or uh, your personal oh, sure. uh, stuff going on? Yeah, sure. So, so Breakthrough to Thrive is, is uh, it's, well, I guess a couple things. So we've got a YouTube channel that's Breakthrough to Thrive and always looking for subscribers there. Um, you know, where I put out content, um, it's not quite on a daily basis, generally on a weekly basis, but when, uh, when things are, are rocking and rolling, we actually put out quite a lot of content there. Um, and then we have, you know, Facebook and Instagram, all that breakthrough to thrive. And it's the number two breakthrough, the number two thrive. And then our website. And basically, you know, my objective is to just simply help 
people to achieve their goals. That's it. That's all I want to do is help people to achieve their goals. You know, I've got a, a business called Hooper Financial. We do a lot of, uh, we do financial planning. We do insurance services. We also have Hooper Insurance Services. And so, you know, I've been in business for myself now for 14 years. And, you know, the one thing that I have learned throughout all that process is that, you know, as much as I would, would want my business to grow and succeed, the reality is until I personally could step up as just a human being, and take on challenges and think in new ways and seek out that positivity and seek out the discipline until I could do that, it was really difficult for my business to grow because the thing that, that I didn't realize and that I discovered later through a program called Warrior that I absolutely love is that our body, our being, mental well-being and connection to the universe, our uh, body being our balance, which is our connection with, with family and kids and spouse, and our business, whether it's financial or you know, your career as, as, a, as an employed or self-employed person, all of those things are connected. They're all connected. And if you are struggling in one of those areas, it's going to affect the other three, always, 100% of the time. If I'm struggling with my relationship with my wife, you can absolutely see that it impacts my business. It impacts my physical health. I might start to stress eat. I might work out less. I might stay up more, get up you know, earlier, sleep less. If I'm struggling in my business, you might see it in the way that my attitude and, and my actions reflect on my kids and my wife. You know, all these things are tied together. And so one of the biggest areas of focus for me is helping people to find that they can thrive in all four of those areas in their life. And that when they do, their world is open to expansion in ways that never could have been before. So whether that's giving me an opportunity to speak to the public on this message or a business on this message, or whether it's personal one-on-one -on -one coaching or a group coaching session, our virtual coaching, you know, anything that we can do to help people to achieve their goals is a big driver for me and something I'm very passionate about and helping them to see that it's because of that connection in body being balanced in business that when we focus on all four of those and we try to level all four of them up together, we reach success at a different level than we have before. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.